Greetings. Welcome to Session 8 on this series of Abounding in the Good Works of God. A little over 2,000 years ago, a man named Jesus Christ was beaten beyond recognition, and then he was nailed to a cross where he died. The devil himself and his other enemies thought they had achieved victory. Three days later, God raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus then once more walked the earth for 40 days, teaching his disciples about the kingdom of God. His last words before ascending into heaven were electrifying. Acts 1.8 But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. The word power in this verse is a translation from the Greek word dunamis, D-U-N-A-M-I-S. We get our English word dynamite from it. You can store a stick of dynamite in the back seat of your car and it won't cause any harm. That is, unless someone lights it. Then you're in big trouble. This is that word dunamis. It means potential power. It is power that is dormant, waiting to be activated. Once it is ignited, the dormant energy from within is suddenly released. The word receive is a translation from the Greek word lambano, L-A-M-B-A-N-O. It means to receive into manifestation. This is where Jesus is telling his disciples to put the dunamis into action. The potential power, called the Holy Spirit, would be coming soon. In verse 4, Jesus asked his disciples to tarry in Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. Once they received it, Jesus was encouraging them to operate it with the purpose of being a witness within their hometown, their home country, the nearby country, and everywhere else in the world. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Romans 10, 9 tells us that when we confess Jesus as our Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we will be saved. So what do we receive when we get our salvation? Peter mentions here in this verse that as a result of salvation, we receive the gift of Holy Spirit. That is, every single believer who gets saved receives this gift of Holy Spirit. In John chapter 16, verse 7, Jesus hinted about this before He was crucified. And in verse 7 it reads, Nevertheless, I am telling you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go away, I will send it to you. This is rather intriguing, isn't it? Jesus said that it would be to their advantage if he went away. I'm sure that all the disciples were scratching their heads about this wondering what he was talking about. Jesus was the kingpin. If there was anyone who appeared to be irreplaceable, it certainly was him. 
The key to understanding this verse is the word helper. This helper was not going to be with them unless Jesus went away. The word helper is a translation from the Greek word parakletos, P-A-R-A-K-L-E-T-O-S. Para means alongside of. Kletos means to be summoned or called. There is a hint here that they would have access to special power and authority, but it wasn't going to get to them until after Jesus left them. John chapter 14, verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who continues to believe in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to the Father. The word greater in this verse is a translation from the Greek word megas, M-E-G-A-S, and it means on a grander scale. We learn from John chapter 16, verse 7, that it was going to be to the disciples' advantage for Jesus to go away. Here we learn that the works they could do after his departure would be on a grander scale than what was occurring while Jesus was present with them. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. But we speak God's wisdom that was kept in a sacred secret, and that has been hidden, which God decided in advance before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. There is a secret that God hid from everyone, including the rulers of this age, which is the devil and his demons. This sacred secret was going to be sent to the earth as a result of Jesus' death and resurrection. It was so great and powerful that had the devil known about it, he would have preferred to leave Jesus alive. What is this sacred secret? Although Jesus had hinted about a helper to come alongside them in John chapter 16, verse 17, what he did not reveal at this time was, number one, the magnitude of the power that would be given, and number two, that every single person on earth, Gentiles as well as Jews, who believed in Jesus Christ, would receive this power in all of its full capacity. In the book of Acts and the church epistles, we learn that this helper was the gift of Holy Spirit. And it becomes revealed in these books of the Bible that every person who gets saved receives this gift in all of its fullness. Colossians chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. The sacred secret that has been hidden for ages and generations, but now has been revealed to his holy ones. God wanted to make known to them what is the riches of the glory of this sacred secret among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Instead of having to deal with one Jesus Christ, the devil and his demons are now up against every Christian believer around the world. And each one of them has the potential to manifest the same power that Jesus manifested when he was on the earth. Every believer has Christ in them. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that amazing? In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we learned about the dunamis 
potential power that we would receive at the time of our salvation. But unless we know what we have received and how to operate it, that power will lay dormant within us, just like that unlit piece of dynamite in the back seat of that car. We need to identify the power and use it. Acts chapter 8, verses 5 through 8. And Philip went down to a city of Samaria, and he proclaimed to them the Christ. And the multitudes with one accord were paying attention to the things that were spoken by Philip when they heard and saw the signs that he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, were coming out of many people who had them. And many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. And there was much joy in that city. What we see here in Philip was a man who was using that gift of Holy Spirit that had been given him when he got saved. He was manifesting power, casting out evil spirits, and healing people. Notice that when he preached Christ to them, they paid attention. The reason they listened to him was because of the power they saw manifested. Signs, miracles, and wonders are an effective means that God uses to get people's attention. In Acts chapter 3 is a record where Peter and John were walking when they saw a man who was lame sitting near the temple gate. This man had been lame since he was born. Everybody in the area knew this guy and about his handicap. Acts chapter 3 verses 4 through 9. And Peter, fastening his eyes on him, with John said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. And leaping up, he stood and he began to walk. And he entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Peter was using his gift of Holy Spirit. With the authority of Jesus Christ, he performed a miracle that enabled this man to walk again. If you read the rest of this chapter, and then look at chapter 4, verse 4, you see that this miracle that Peter performed presented the opportunity for him to boldly proclaim Jesus Christ. And people were listening to him. And due to this miraculous healing and the speech that Peter gave afterwards, about 5,000 people became saved. When I was in the town of Kamaiti in Kenya in April of 2019, we had a crusade each night for three nights in a row. On that first night, I gave an invitation for people to come up and get prayed for. Many came forward, including an older man. The man asked me to pray for his legs. I did, commanding in the name of Jesus Christ that they be healed. I then went on to the next person and prayed for the next person, oblivious to anything that might have taken place. The following night, we had another crusade. This older man walked up to the stage and asked for a microphone. 
He then tells the crowd that when he had came the previous night, he could only walk a very short distance because his legs were hurting him so bad. He then turned to me and pointed and said, This guy healed me. I can walk normal again without any pain. I thought to myself, I didn't heal him. God did. All I did was speak some words with believing faith. God did the actual healing, not me. I don't have any power within me, within myself, to do anything like that. It is not our power being manifested. It is God's power. But it is you and I who must command that power into being, using the gift of Holy Spirit that we've been given. This gift is the authority to represent Jesus Christ here on earth. And when we use it, miracles happen and outreach happens. We had many people raise their hand during that night's crusade and again the following night, acknowledging Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. When you read the book of Acts, what you see again and again is that every major outreach that occurred was triggered by a miracle. When miracles happen, people listen and they choose to get saved. And you and I have been given the ability through our gift of Holy Spirit to perform miracles. Every person in the body of Christ has this ability. I've heard, and I'm sure you have too, where people have said, oh, that power of miracles from the Holy Spirit, that was true, that happened in the first century church, but it's not available anymore. That was just for them. But that is not true. In Romans chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, it says, But glory and honor and peace will come to everyone who is doing good, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For there is no partiality with God. There is no partiality with God. And if he gave people the ability in the first century church to do something, to perform miracles, then he also is giving you and I that same ability today. Our authority comes from that same gift that they had, the gift of Holy Spirit, which was provided as a result of the resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ. Now, a lot of people don't know that they have this ability, and so it stays there dormant. But that doesn't mean that it's not possible for miracles to happen. We need to be taught. We need to understand what we've been giving and then we need to have the boldness and the conviction to put our trust in God and make it come to pass. Many years ago, I was running a Christian fellowship, and one of the persons attending my fellowship was a 16-year-old girl. She lived in an apartment with her sister. One night, when she was by herself because her sister had left, two men broke into her apartment. They came after her with knives intending to rape her. She looked at them in the eye and she said, Get out in the name of Jesus Christ. The man then turned around and left. Do you have any idea how much dunamis power you are carrying within you? We can learn about this power from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe, which is according to the working of his mighty strength, that he worked in Christ 
when he raised him out from among the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above every ruler and authority and power and those having dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. We carry within us the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. You do not need to be afraid of evil spirits. They need to be afraid of you because you have the ability to cast them out and to send them away using the power and authority of Jesus Christ. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 tells us that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. When we are in alignment and harmony with God, carrying out his will, there is no power on earth that can stop us. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now trust is firm confidence in things hoped for, a conviction regarding things not seen. Notice the words not seen. So we go ahead and we act in faith without having seen the result yet. We have to walk out on the power that God has given us with trust. We trust God to back up his promises. When we act on believing faith and trust, then we see the result afterwards. As an example, going back to the record in Acts chapter 3, when Peter and John saw the lame man, they believed that God would heal him. And they acted on their faith by reaching out their hand. Now the man was not healed at this point. And they grabbed the man's arm, they commanded that he be healed, and then they pulled him forward. Then pulling the man forward was an act of trust in God. And after they did that, that's when the man became healed. So you see here how it works. You take action, believing in the promise of God, and then you see the result. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. Therefore we are ambassadors on the behalf of Christ, God as it were, making his appeal through us, we implore on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. You and I are God's ambassadors. Everywhere we go, we represent Jesus Christ. And when we are reconciled to God, walking in harmony with him, we can command mountains to move in order to bring to pass a thing that God desires to see happen for his glory. In the next session, we will address a very important question that each of us must answer. Will we choose to be a servant of God or a servant of man? The Bible says we can't do both. We have to choose one or the other. Until then, remember that God loves you and so do I.